Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Uh, just so that my screen won't get stuck, you're going to have to use your mic because I, I can't see the, the chat and keep things uh, rolling. Well, today I thought, let's talk, uh, you know, last week we were talking about different parts of uh, being a team and being productive as a team and quantum teaming always, being agile, being able to work with other teams and, and uh, all of us, you know, getting to yes, getting to success on our projects and achievements. And today I thought I would talk about cultural fit to uh, cultural contribution because we always talk about quantum teaming environment, which actually is a culture that we have here that is one for all and all for one, basically, and how we do that across our different departments. So let's drill down with that. Let's talk about what is cultural fit, research on fit, because it's very interesting, and then cultural contribution, which is the evolution of cultural fit. Next slide, please, Richard. Okay, so this is kind of jumbled, but I'll just talk over it, okay? So when we talk about cultural fit, and in our case, we call it quantum teaming environment, you may work someplace that has Six Sigma or someplace that has total quality management, and they have little suggestion boxes on each floor if you have an idea, or um, Scrum, some of the things that we're studying now in, in terms of Agile and things like that. In terms of uh, in our planner, we have a, 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 a Scrum tutorial and things like that. But most of these environments have, uh, most corporate environments pull the team together in theory through some sort of overarching philosophy that everyone agrees to. And that ends up creating, if they're lucky, a cultural fit. So the reason that they do this is because they're protective of their um, reputation. If you remember a while ago when Google first started out, they were like, do no harm. Okay. So then they got huge and started doing harm, like with data and analytics and all that kind of stuff, started selling your information without your, you know, with you not being fully aware of what they were selling and all that. So then they changed it. They changed it to something else. But do no harm is no longer their thing. But at that time, they wanted this environment of, you know, we're, you know, cool Silicon Valley, California people, you know, we have couches instead of desks, you look out on the veranda, go play some tennis if, if it helps you think, you know, they wanted that kind of environment, fruit and veggies all over the tables, that kind of thing. I don't know what's going on in there now. I think AWS probably started that way too, Teresa, Amazon, Teresa could tell us more about how they're, um, environment is now. But in doing that, it attracted a lot of us to Google because we were like, oh, that's cool. You know, do no harm. You know, it was kind of like the 60s people like me, we really dug it, you know, and then the new kids coming in, oh, it's, you know, just so open and liberal. All right. So it attracted business. And most of us use Google as our search engine. Uh, you know, there's Firefox, but most of us use Google in, in some capacity. Okay, and so then that ends up being their set of values, their vision, their mission. Here at PGIPT, we have one too, okay, that we all want to agree on of where we're going 
and how we build on where we've been. But at the same time, you guys, it is an agreement. Okay, it is an agreement. And this is where it gets a little nebulous if you think about it, because underlying that, if you're not careful, it becomes a set of acceptable behaviors, not like just professionalism, but a box. Okay. And so when the research, when they went out and they look, you know, interviewed uh, companies worldwide and they asked them about cultural fit. They said it was a predominant uh, part of their hiring process. So think about that. Think about that. You know, you graduate, you have all your stuff together. You've had experience either in the real world or in the real, the second real world, which is the internship. And then you go out and you want the job. So you have all the skills that you need. You have all the capabilities that you need. But what is this corporate culture thing? I mean, you know, what is this cultural fit thing? Does that mean that you have to look like the people that are interviewing you? You know, that you have to have the same inflex. So if you're from the South and you have a certain accent and this person is from Boston, that you don't fit? You know, what? what is that really? You know, so higher ed, you know, drill down into it. And there is a point, if you're not careful, where cultural fit can become groupthink where everyone starts to think alike, act alike, agree to things regardless of their substance and everything, just to be a part of it. And there's a very interesting um, writer out of Harvard. Her name is Elizabeth. Uh, I forgot her last name right now. But she talked about, she did a lot of, inter went into corporations and really investigated this cultural fit thing. And she said that, like, for example, for males that wanted to go into management, like they come into the company and they want to go into into management. She said, and then you start seeing all the docker pants, you know, all the loafers, all the white shirts rolled up to right under the elbow. You know, she said, you start to see these similarities in dress. Uh, and that is an unspoken cultural fit. Okay, this person will be a good manager because look at them. They've already got the ambiance you know we all dress alike you guys have seen that when you go to these different places and it doesn't necessarily have to be a white shirt and dockers but you pay attention when you go into an interview pay attention you have to walk through the company at some capacity and look at the dress look at how these people are dressing get an idea if this is a place that you want to work you have options I mean, I know we all need a job, but when you're going in, that's the time to evaluate the cultural fit for you, you know? So how much of this, how heavy is the status quo? Uh, you know, how much weight do they put on everyone looking alike, acting alike, laughing at the same jokes, having the same persuasions, you know, all across the board, okay? And then further... When does cultural fit actually become a form of discrimination? You know, if you have a um, one of the things that supposedly IT is trying to change is, you know, how the glass ceiling was so prohibitive to women. You know, there were always men running the IT company. Well, why? They weren't smarter than us. They weren't 
you know, brighter than us. They didn't have more creative ideas than us. So these are the kinds of things that when we go into these interviews that we evaluate for ourselves, we kind of look around and see, you know, how is this set up? Is the whole um, administrative assistant or executive assistant pool females? Hmm, why? Can men not type? You know, that kind of thing, you know? So we have to make sure that when we go in, we're always looking for this because it's nothing worse than taking a job and being all bright eyed and going in there. And then you realize the first day or the first week or the first month that this is not just a place where you can apply your skills. This is a place that is trying, that, that demands a form of behavior of walking behind a straight line and behaving like all the people that are already there. Next slide, please. So cultural fit is a two-edged sword. That's my point. Some further research that I thought that was just wild, you know, it's like originality. So when you come into a company uh, and you have a fresh idea or you can, you know, you look at the environment and you see something. We've had so many interns that come in and see what we're doing and they say, hey, have you thought about doing this? Or we have leaders that go out and research stuff and say, hey, you know, we can do this. This is an original idea. Okay. We want that here at PGIPT. We want that. We want people that don't just come in to match what we're doing but come in looking for opportunities to enrich it. Because by you giving us your originality, by you stepping forward with your creative ideas or going above and beyond on a project because you see that it needs to be done, helping out others when you're needed, you know, being thoughtful, giving support, all those kinds of things. That enriches not just your portfolio, but it enriches the company. Okay, so most psychologists think that there's two routes to like achievement, and one is conformity. So you come into the internship, we'll use ourselves as an example. You know, you do your orientations, you go to your department, you see what you are given to do in planner or whatever, and that's what you do. And after you do that, you say to your manager, okay, what do you want me to do next? Versus looking at the situation and saying, okay, well, if I've done this, maybe there's a part two to this. Maybe this will lead to that. What if, go to your manager and say, what if, now that I've done this part, what if we also evaluated that part? Because for every project you do, it's going to introduce some subsets to you, some, some other things that are going to enlighten you. Those things can be a project too. So it's kind of like those dolls. They say a doll within a doll within a doll. The whole idea of getting a project is to incite you to see all the other things that are possible and needs to be done. Now, you may just be a conventional person. You may look at the internship, let me do my 10 weeks, let me do my 12 weeks, and let me graduate, and then the world is my oyster. Well, those of us that are out here in the world know it doesn't quite work that way. You know, I've talked to people. They say, okay, you know, I've got the degree and they want 
want some experience. I've got the experience and now they want a degree. All right, you know, so what we're doing is we're integrating those. So when you walk out the door, depending on you and your grind, as kids call it, or how much you strive here, you can have both. If you are a conformity person, then you can just be conventional and maintain the status quo. If you do a good job at that, nobody's mad at you. It's just the way you're made. And that's just the kind of job you're going to get. And maybe that's okay for you. Maybe you are like, just let me go eight to five, get off work, forget about the whole thing. I don't care about promotions. I don't care about that. I just want a paycheck and I just want to forget about it. Then that is the route for you. Okay. If you want to actually climb and enhance and do things with IT, in IT, if you want to learn more, grow more, you know, advance your ideas, okay, then you're going to have to think in terms of originality, okay? So you might have an unusual idea. And as Richard and Kevin say all the time, there are no stupid questions, dumb questions, far out questions. All questions are good here. All of them. All ideas are good here. Now, you might have a full idea, and we might take half of it, put it with the idea that Marjorie had yesterday or Teresa had last week, and we might make a full bloom. You know, so instead of one flower, now we have a bouquet. Okay, but any idea, we want to hear it. Okay, because there's always potential to improve. And we are, uh, as we talked about last week, a learning organization. We are always evolving, growing, learning. Okay, so corporate fit can motivate you to do two things, to be original and creative. Doesn't mean that you're some weirdo. It just means that you are a high level, energetic, creative person that you want to get the most out of your money while you're here, to be honest, because you're paying for it. You know, and you want to utilize all of this technology that we have here for you to, to, to jump into. You can't break anything. Jim won't let you. So it's not, you know, you just have to try. Okay. So this is what's interesting. And I'm, it's going to be on the next page, but if you're not careful in corporate fit, you'll cut off your own nose to spite your face. And let me show you some of the research. Next page, please. What was scary to me in the research for you guys is that they found that people that tend to conformity, folks that go with the status quo more so than not, that conform more so than they let themselves be original, are more likely to hurt themselves in the process. Now think about that. They did research on the lowest income bracket uh, versus the highest income bracket. And they were looking at, they said, okay, economics. So if you were to, so it's unequal. Okay, so you're not, say you're making $3 an hour and somebody's making $30 an hour. That's just not realistic, but I don't want to be realistic. Okay, and so you go to the people that are making $3 an hour and you say, well, if this is for the greater good of the country, if this is for the greater good of the company and all this, if this is for the greater good of something beyond you, 
are you okay with the inequality of your economic state that you make $3 and somebody else makes 30 and the lowest income people said, yes, I'm okay with that for the greater good of this, that, or the third. Now think about that. Not only is that perpetrating a fraud, that is a darn lie that you making $3 is going to help the greater good when somebody else is making 30. If you're ma if they're making 30, you can make 30, you know, but the people that were making 30 knew they knew, heck no, I'm not giving that up because there's enough money to go around. There's enough in this economy that we can have original ideas. I mean, right now, I mean, we could all do a green thing or we could re, you know, re, we fix our, fix our infrastructure. We can make better streets, better roads. There's all these things. Oh, not even quantum computing. I mean, please. I mean, there's so many new and original things that can make healthy income for everyone. And see, those people that were originators, those people that pushed through for what they were worth knew that, and they rejected that idea. So the scary part of conformity, thinking of conformity and just going along with the status quo just to get along and just to get a paycheck hurts you in the long run. And as adults, not only does it hurt you, but it hurts your children. It hurts your legacy because your legacy grows up with the status quo mentality from watching you. As you all know with children, Unfortunately, your children learn more by what you do than what you say. Next slide, please. So let's go to the high road of that. So what are we talking about? We're talking about corporate contribution. We're talking about corporate contribution, the same way that you don't go into a relationship with a SO, significant other. My son taught me that. I'm real proud of it. You know, you call it SO now. You know, it's the same way that you don't go into that with a friend, an SO, or anybody. You go in to do your part. You go in to contribute. The same way you don't run a household and one person, unless you have little kids, is doing all the wash, all the cleaning, all the cooking, all the driving. You contribute. It's the same thing when you go into a work environment. You go in there because if you don't use it, you lose it, people. It's the truth. So you go in there looking for an opportunity to contribute. It's okay in an interview to ask because they say, you got any questions for us? Like you're supposed to know enough about the company to have one. Well, have one in your mind. What, you know, what are the, excuse me, what are the opportunities to contribute to the corporate culture. You know, do you have a suggestion box? Do we have weekly brainstorm meetings? It's okay to ask them from the beginning. Am I gonna be a contributor or am I just supposed to fit into this existing shoe? So when you're determined to excel, okay, you have the fuel to work harder and longer and smarter, you know? I have no problem working on Saturday after working all week because I really like what we do. I like the potential of where we can go in this, okay? But you have to measure what achievement really is. Is achievement just conformity? Because the thing about that, the more you achieve through conformity, 
the more you're afraid to fail. The more you say, okay, I finished my project in planner. What do you want me to do now? And you do the next project. And then the, the lead of PM or somebody comes back and says, well, you know, that's nice and all, but ABCD needs to be improved. You have a sense, you feel a sense of failure. Why? Because you're just conforming versus looking at that thing, knowing for yourself where improvements can be, even if it wasn't in the original project give. Say if, you know, your manager or Marjorie or somebody put a project out there, you do the project based on what's in planner, you're looking at it, you're seeing that it doesn't have a footer or it doesn't have a this or it doesn't have a that, fix it, change it, come back and say, okay, I did this, but this was going on with it and I thought this was the best thing to do, okay? That prevents you from feeling a sense of failure from the external source that says, okay, you didn't draw within the line. You know, you didn't do what the thing said do because we can see that you didn't, you know, go beyond that. Okay, so you think of ways of how you can enrich, enrich a culture, you know, and you don't have to fear being a misfit. I'm telling you, if you have been around as long as some of us have, and like Kevin Kay, he was out there. I mean, he showed us his garage where he keeps his computers and everything. And it was a whole, I mean, there had to be at least seven or eight computers, computers he was working on, this and that. He was a gamer. It was a wild, like astronomical scene. And we loved him for it. You know, that was who he was and how he contributed to us. We had no problems with that. We want you to be a contributor, not just to us, but to your life, okay? So when you go into these corporations, when you go into, you can start here. Ask yourself these questions. You know, what's unique at that place? When you go into an interview, look for opportunities that happen at that company that wouldn't happen elsewhere. Like I suggested, you know, is there an opportunity to contribute uniquely to this company? Do you have a suggestion box? If I have an idea, how does that go through the chain of command? How is it received? You can ask those questions. You know, inside an organization, if you're already there, look at what they're doing right, okay? Take what they're doing right, that successfulness, and then expand on it. Look, we're doing this right. It's like the meeting we had before. You know, we are doing this right to discuss this topic now. Let's expand on it. This is the time for us to do better in that area or to make it better than it was yesterday. Embrace original thinking. We all have it. You know, we call it mental diamonds here. Okay, and then think in terms of what is the cost of not being creative? What is the cost to you, to your children, to your career of not being creative? There's always a way to be creative. There's always a way to get around something or to innovate something or to think of a better idea. I tell you all, when dinosaurs were small and I started here at PG, I started as a... a uh, instructional designer. I wrote a course. Okay. And then I worked my way in to be an adjunct professor. Well, it was new technology. I was learning it. 
So I said, oh, this is so cool. I can work from anywhere. So I take my computer. Like I told you, I have babies around my ankles. I had a little bitty twins. So they were three or whatever. So I take them out to play, but I'm going to be savvy. I'm going to sit on the porch at my friend's house while they're playing, and I'm going to post to my students. Well, there was no internet. So I didn't make my posting requirement. And the dean at that time said, okay, you're out. And he says, you know, no more classes for you. I mean, in other words, that was a fire, right? You're fired. And I was like, I got babies to feed. I've got a, a you know, I've got rent, mortgage to pay. I sat there and I'm like, no, he's not firing me. I called him at his house and I says, and I, it, to make a long story short, I've been here 15 years now, full time. So you know what happened. I got my originality on, I got my creativity on, and I gave him my word that that would never happen again. But I had to keep my job. And then over time, I went full time. So it's those kinds of things about you and what you need and your determination that keeps things going. You can go and you can talk to a boss if you feel that there's some constraint that's working with you. Communication is key, as we emphasize here. And last but not least, are you growing? You know, avoid a, a mixed mind, you know, a fixed mindset. If you're not growing, yes, you're getting a paycheck. Yes, babies need milk. Okay. But if you're not growing, you have to think about your health, wealth, and well being. You have to think about the example that you're making for your children, you know, for the future. And it is, it does affect your health if you are stagnant and miserable at a job. And your managers are here to empower you, to infect, uh, effect, sorry, not infect, effect change. They encourage your growth. They want to hear your ideas. I've talked to a lot of managers. I mean, I talk to them all the time, but I've talked to them on the phone in the last couple of weeks, and they're all encouraging their interns to take the bull by the horn and actually show that creativity and that innovation that made them managers. That's how they became managers, because they went the extra mile. They saw an opportunity and they took it. They want you to do that as well. Next slide, please. So to some, contributions are welcome here, okay? And if you have any kind of uh, trauma from a previous job or, you know, fear because you're a shy person at heart or any of that other stuff going on, we want to ensure you. Is the big boss human? That'd be me. Yes, I'm human, okay? So I'm not a boxed, fixed you know, you better wear dockers and a white shirt person. You know, I am here. We have set an environment for you to go to and fro, up and down, to be creative, to be innovative, you know, to be your best self, setting yourself up. Imagine yourself in a future interview. Go out and research what you want to do, the kind of questions they're going to ask. Come back here and say, okay, they're going to ask me about subnets. Got any projects for subnets? I need to know this stuff. And we'll find you one. Jim will find you one before the sun goes down. 
he, he's our idea aficionado, okay? Okay, are you going to fail the internship? Or if you're in a, a business environment, am I going to get fired by contributing new ideas and innovations? It, at PGIPT, no, you will not fail. You won't. And you should not settle for a job that makes you have that kind of fear. Okay, can an intern make it to top leadership? All your top leadership are previous interns, okay? All your managers are previous interns. They walked the burning sands, did what they had to do, and they're there just like you can be there. We're not the Supreme Court. We're not limited to nine or seven or whatever. We're not the Senate or any of that kind of stuff. All are welcome. If you've got the stuff, the door is open. Okay? This is a safe place to let your mental diamond shine. Okay? We are fair and equitable. We don't have any of those isms. Okay? We don't have any of those isms. In fact, leaders on occasion, we sit down and we check each other to make sure that we don't have any isms. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. You know what I mean, They're all the isms, okay? They're not here, we don't tolerate it. And I don't know anyone that has it here, okay? You have control over your own growth, but you have to wanna grow. You have to reach toward the sun. And I think that's about it for me. Let's check my next slide just for my usual ending. I want to thank you all for what you contribute and what you're going to continue to contribute. Okay? Don't forget about joining Gita. They have a fantastic Pay It Forward program. And if you are working on a project here, you graduate, you join Gita, then you can be a mentor over that program. If you want to make sure that it ends in the innovative and stellar way that you envisioned it, then come back and help those. Pay it forward. And that's it for me. I might have run long, Richard. I don't know. But I was pumped up today. Third cup of coffee. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>